Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, March 22, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Actually, there's a lot of stuff on the docket. We're going to have a big picture conversation. I'm going to give you some numbers. We're going to talk some concepts of what might happen going forward, and we'll put some meat on those bones. We're not going to just guess at stuff. We're going to have philosophies, theories, numbers, evidence, all kinds of stuff. Saying things is one thing. Having a process, a methodology, and the reasoning behind things is a whole nother situation. Stay with me. There's a method to the madness. We'll circle back to that in a couple of moments. First thing we're going to do is take an assessment of the daily chart. Where are we? What's going on? What's the purpose of that line at 449.35? What's the story? It is story time. So let's start with the bigger picture. So the bigger picture is the market puts in a low, the defense is played, goal line defense, special teams defense. We talked about it 150 times. Here we are, here's the rip your face off rally, the short squeeze, all that stuff, the ABC, it's all done. And by the way, from here down to here, we've already done a 50% retracement and they're headed toward another one. Where are they headed toward? Well, the next one in line would be the traditional golden ratio or 618 retracement. Where is that? Well, just by happenstance, it happens to be right around the same area as the 100 period moving average, 453.88. So that's a logical thing. Are they gonna run up there tomorrow? We can't say they will, we can't say they won't, but what we can say is what my favorite number is for tomorrow, and it's not up at the 100 period moving average. We'll circle back to that later. The other thing we have to take notice of is in terms of time, and time is more important than price, and this is something that I teach in detail in the course Lazy E-Mini Trader. You have to take notice, today the market is technically on time, but that could stretch and a couple of other things can happen. And we have to keep this in mind. Nothing we do is a perfect science. We're not in search of perfect. So let's say the market goes up on time, but the following day, she puts in the sign and or signal of a trend change. Is that something we want to pay attention to? And the answer is, yes, it is. Could the market keep going up for another two or three days into that 100 period moving average, maybe even a little higher? And the answer to that question is, absolutely. So the way this works and the way we peel back the onion and take it one step at a time is, we have some tweeners. What's a tweener? So if we're looking at a big time number on the daily chart and it jumps off the page, 453.88 is where the 100 period moving average is today. That'll slightly be different tomorrow. The 618 retracement is somewhere in the vicinity of that. It's not exactly to the number. We're using this stuff as guidelines. But here's the other thing. The market can go up there. It could come up short. It could fake everybody out. Looks like it's going to head for the 618, the 100, comes up short, turns around, and begins a pullback operation. We're not looking for a collapse. We're talking for a pullback operation. 
What's a pullback operation? Maybe they shave off 50, 60, 70 S&P handles. Maybe 10 or 12. Maybe they come back into this 50-period moving average from wherever the top is. Maybe more, maybe less. It doesn't matter, but that is a garden variety retracement. That's the way the market works. The market goes up, the market goes down. The market goes up like this, and it pulls back. Sometimes it goes up like this and pulls back, and other times it goes up like this and pulls back in a deeper fashion. You never know exactly which one is going to take place until it's really underway. You get evidence, you get clues, the story unfolds, numbers come out of the woodwork, we then have targets, the market hits the targets, and we go about our business. Again, that's the way it works. So we start with a big picture, and we drill down from there. Conversely, the market starts telling us the story from the smaller picture, and it morphs onto the bigger picture. You see how it works? That's called a symbiotic relationship. And even if it's not, it sounds great on paper. All right, let's start to circle back to a couple of the other things that I mentioned we will circle back to. Let's get to the numbers. Why am I giving you a specific number today? Well, because I'm not going to be available for inside the numbers in the morning session tomorrow. I have to be away. That's just the way it works once in a while. It is what it is. But therefore, I'm going to give inside the numbers, I'm going to give everybody the number right here, right now, that I would put on the board first thing in the morning. There's a couple of caveats, and we'll go through it. Get out your sticky notes. It's a good idea. The next number, it's not that far away, 451.50. There's actually a zone between 451.35 and 451.50. It's too small, 15 cents, to call it a zone. It sounded stupid. So we'll just say 451.50, give or take, is the next target. Now, why am I giving you that number saying, this is what I would say to inside the number members tomorrow? Because here's the situation. Unless they're blowing through it in the pre-market, opening above it, a gap higher open above that spot, and if they do, then I would say eyes have to be on the 100-period moving average, give or take. However, unless they're doing that, if they're opening below and they trade up to that level like they attempted today, I think that's a prize, I think it's an important spot, and I think there will be a market reaction from that spot, I think that's been the destination the whole time. Now, we don't know that's the destination ahead of time, but when they got above the 50% retracement, I started going to the drawing board. I ended up with a laundry list full of reasons why that could be overhead resistance before they would get to that 618 and 100 period moving average on this daily chart. Not to say they won't go up again later, I'm just saying that's a way station, I would pay attention to it, unless they're gapping over it, then eyes get tuned to the 100 period moving average. That's the big picture for the short term. That's an oxymoron, but it works. Now, I also said we'd circle back to something else. There's a lot of tools in the tool belt, all kinds of traders, all kinds of investors have their own set of things that they call tools. I have a lot of different tools. Some of them I don't use at all. Some of them I've used once in a while. Some of them I used years ago, I don't use them now. 
Some of them I use for very specific reasons. So I've talked from time to time about Elliott Wave. I don't use it for trading. I don't use it for investing. I don't think you can actually make money using Elliott Wave. I think it's a fantastic after-the-fact labeling system that once in a while will be able to tell you something about where the market's headed depending on how you're using it. That's my take in the entire system. I learned it years ago. I understand it fairly well. And now I'm going to show you one of the very few ways that I use it. It's a very general way. We're not looking to label stuff other than in very general terms. If you're not familiar with it at all, you might get glazed over with this section, but just go with me. There's always a method to the madness. It'll come together after the fact why I'm doing this. Let's say from the top, one of two things happened, okay? So we have a top there at the end of last year into the beginning of January of 2022. So the market bottomed February 24th. On the way down, it did something. It made some kind of a wave pattern that can be labeled. Now, I don't care how each individual Elliott Wave technician wants to label their own chart. Go with me on this. Here's the way I'm doing it. I'm not looking for a debate on this. I'm looking to prove a point in why I'm telling you something in the end. It has nothing to do with Elliott Wave. It's just supporting cast. It's supporting information. Watch this. So let's say this was a wave one down, two up, three down, four up to here, even though this is a double doozy here. We're calling this a four up. And then we have the five down. Let's just say that's the case. If that was the case, that would make this a one to some degree. It doesn't matter what degree. It doesn't matter if it's an I, a little I, a one. It makes no difference. All I'm pointing out is it makes where we are now a two. And by the way, I understand this could be a truncated five. I know the whole routine. Again, it doesn't matter. It makes this in the middle of a two. That's all we care about. Here's where part of the method to the madness comes in. Let's forget about that for a second and let's just focus on the fact we're in a two. Let's say we are. I understand it could be something else. And by the way, before some of the Elliott Wave people pull their hair out, I understand this could also be A, right? It could be a one and it could be an A. A would signify likely a corrective move into a C and one could mean a whole host of different things, including a corrective beginning or the beginning to a correction that's much larger. And yes, this could be a five. This could be a five. Doesn't matter. It still winds up to be a one. Here's the point. We don't know for Elliott Wave terms, just Elliott Wave terms. Forget about all the other stuff I do. From an Elliott Wave perspective, we have no idea where two will end. Two could end here. Two could end up here. It's not even the point. Again, there's always a method to the madness. If you believe at all in Elliott Wave theory, and there's some good stuff in there, then you'll remember some of the characteristics of a two wave. A two wave will make investors believe that everything is fine. It's designed to suck everybody in, get everybody back to the bullish side, relieving all the bearish sentiment all is well, new highs are coming, all that stuff. That's the design from a human nature perspective 
of what happens in a wave two scenario. We're not there yet from that perspective about believing everything's fine and the whole thing is over. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is by the end of a two wave, that is the sentiment under normal garden variety Elliott wave conditions. The reason I bring that up is because if I'm right and we are in a two wave, then you have to know that information. I don't want you to be looking for a collapse tomorrow if in fact we're due for more of a rally for let's just say a few weeks, maybe a couple of months, we don't know. We don't need to know right now. There'll be another big turn coming, it's just not here yet in my opinion. Remember, from a weekly chart perspective, they just played defense to defend the low from February. So now they got above that high, back above the 50 period moving average. Sure, the market could turn right back down and collapse, or do the bulls get excited? Buying begets buying, panic buying sets in, all that stuff, and they push price higher. By the way, while we're on the topic of the weekly chart, where's the weekly 20 period moving average? How about 452? Interesting how that's right above my number and below the 100 period moving average. Funny how that works. 452 in between the 100 and my number. So that all being said, what's the likely scenario over the next few weeks? Well, from a big picture perspective, you're probably going to stop somewhere here, somewhere here, somewhere like that. So whether or not it's higher than my number or at my number over the next day or two, the market should be due for some type of correction. And by the way, what if I'm wrong about that? Well, then you have all this pivot high stuff up here. That would be the next destination. Could they run a test of that sooner than later? Sure, they can. I'm just saying I don't find it probable. I find it possible. So here's what I'm thinking. So let's say the market finds some kind of an interim top here that pulls back. Everybody thinks it's coming all the way down again. They run a normal garden variety retracement. They go back and forth for a little while, back up again to put in a more important high or a more important number reached at a more important time, which could produce a more important turn. Those are my thoughts today. Obviously, the market is fluid. This will be fluid based on what the market does every single day and how the chart develops and where the numbers are. What about inside the numbers today? Check this out. So it's turnaround Tuesday, rather quiet overnight session. They're still trying to push a little higher in one of those pre-market floater formations. Let's get down to the numbers. What's up north? We have a gap that was deemed unfinished business that was yesterday, 446.63. So that becomes kind of obvious. They're going to go get the gap. Are they going to stop at the gap? Having come up short yesterday and pulled back a little bit, we think, no, they're not going to stop at the gap. They're going to keep going. What happens if they start pushing through and closing candles above the gap? What's the next spot? As they get closer to the big fat round number, get out your sticky note again. Pay attention to this. As they get closer to the big fat round number of 450, price gets sucked in. That's the way it works. These numbers are magnetic. However, sometimes they spike them through, and other times they come up short like yesterday. Again, pay attention. The next actual number of importance, 449.35, give or take. Here's a five-minute chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity. 449.35 was the number. 
It was magnetic. They ended up going to the 450, coming back down at the end of the day. But you can see why it wasn't so easy as just a big fat round number of 450. There was a real number in between or before 450. 450 is generic. You have to know your actual numbers. Early in the morning, they're hanging around by the gap. The gap is down here at 446.63. They open below the gap. They go to the gap. They retest the gap. There it is so you can see it. They run a test from above. So an important number is what? It's resistance when price is below. It's support when price is above. So what do they do? They come back. It becomes support. They go up to do what? To go to the next important number. High in this candle, 449.32. High in this candle, 449.39. Split the difference. My number is 449.35. And they pull back. Even if it's a little pullback in the big scheme of things, it still tells you that that number was right. It was important. Now, how do you know it's 449.35 and not 450? Well, that's a secret. Knowing your numbers is the name of the game. Now, here's also the visual of what happened all day long. So forget about this number. They hung around that same number all day long. So what does that do for traders? Puts them on the sideline. So in the early going or in pre-market zero dark 30 commentary activity, we gave both sides of the tape in case they fell. Where the umpire calling balls and strikes didn't need the downside. By 9.05, in normal pre-market thievery fashion, they're pushing up toward the gap as the opening bell grows near. That's Trick and Company taking that early trade up to the gap away from the traders looking for the early trade up to the gap. So the duck was at least the gap. If it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's a duck. Short term during the morning rush, they hardly came down at all. And they basically took off. 448, give or take, would be an area they shouldn't just walk on through. And you'll see 448 was important. They got to it. They spent some time eating off the clock to get through. And then they came back to run a test later. It held, and therefore they were able to try again to go higher and bust through finally the 450. Originally, if they ran right up there, it was a potential short trade. But you'll see as the notes go on, I basically took that off the table. By 10 o'clock, you can see here, there's your 448, give or take. For the record, they may pull back from here. However, I'm not interested in fighting the tape. It was a floater day. It's a bullish day. They're not coming back. It's one of those days. Closing candles above 448, opens the door, 449.35, and then the big fat one, 450. So basically from here, that's all that happened. So what I'll do is scroll up, pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double-check the work, but all day they hung around 449.35. None of the stocks on the move hit their numbers. Everything basically took off right at the opening bell. Roku came close, but it didn't do it. I even had four other ones on the board after the open for the live room members, and nothing even on that list hit its numbers. It was a no-trade opportunity day for me. Doesn't happen that often, but it does happen. And by the way, if you can learn to live with that, a day like that where you don't have to be in a trade, that's graduating to like trading 201. It's a big step when you graduate from, I have to be in a trade to, I don't really care if there's no trade today. That's a big step. What's going on over in Camp IWM? 
They're just eating some time off the clock, grinding higher up 1%. Everything was up today. It's all the same market. A rising tide lifts all boats. So it's expected whether the IWM is up more than the S&P or less than the S&P. As long as it's around the same, it's all the same market type of scenario. Where are they headed if the market continues up from here? Well, first they're going to get to about 212 and a quarter, 212.50, but I love the number up at 215 and a quarter, up to 216 as the zone of overhead resistance. It's unlikely that they get there before some kind of a pullback, but that's the area I really like for a more important type of area. We've talked a lot about the upside stuff already today. What about if we wake up and somebody's pulling the rug out? What's happening tomorrow on the downside? Well, we talked a little bit about the S&P. You're due for a pullback anyway. It's just likely to come from slightly higher than finished today. But let's just use the IWM as an example. Where would the IWM get in trouble and why? Well, I'm going to look at it this way. So here's a breakdown candle. The high up here, right across, we'll just call it 205 for argument's sake. To me, that's really where the market began breaking out over here over the last few days. So coming back inside of this breakdown candle high would be like a flare-up in the air, some type of warning signal for the IWM. What about the folks down at the transportation department? All they're doing is eating time off the clock in a bullish, flaggish kind of formation. If they continue doing that, they'll be headed for 16000 825, nothing has changed. This was in fact, and if you go back a few weeks and you remember the videos or watch the videos from a few weeks ago, we were looking at the transport slightly different. We said they're not really in a position to break down. There was a support area below current price where we said that's a big time area and that was off a longer term chart. You can go back to the videos from even a month ago, three weeks ago. Two weeks ago, it's just interesting how the transports remain a canary in the coal mine over and over and over again. Doesn't always give you a trade by knowing that. However, it gives you the big picture or at least helps you. It's another one of those tools in the tool belt. All the tools come in a variety of different shapes and sizes. And I got news for you. None of them were purchased at Joe's Indicator Shop. What about the cues? The big picture conversation, all the markets are going to go up together. Wouldn't a juicy area, this is for like a big time area, wouldn't a juicy area be the convergence of these moving averages up here? I'm not saying it's getting up there anytime soon. They're going to pull back before that. I'm going to put up a number on the board, 359.50. I'm not saying do anything with that number. And by the way, don't do anything with the other numbers either. I'm not going to be around inside the number members. I wasn't suggesting you do anything with that number. I'm just putting a number out there. You got to see what the market's doing in real time to actually enter a trade. So I don't know what it's going to be doing tomorrow in real time, so I can't tell you to enter a trade. But in terms of the QQQ, how about 359.50? How about the XLF? Look at the financials recover right up above all the moving averages. The trend is your friend until the very end. At least from a daily chart perspective, this is a recapture of all the moving averages. It's a recapture of the daily chart trend. Close the week above all these moving averages or the 20-period moving average this week, and it's a recapture of the 
trend from a weekly chart perspective. You have to just look at the market for what it is. That's bullish. Doesn't mean they'll go up for two more years. It's bullish today, and it's bullish until it's not. And speaking of letting the charts dictate whether things are bullish or bearish, I've mentioned this before, but it's worth mentioning again because it really amplifies this thing. So what's the thing? So I can't tell you the amount of emails I got saying, hey, the market's going to collapse, the war in Russia and Ukraine, all that stuff. If the war gets worse, the market's going to collapse because of the global economy. And all that stuff kept coming in over and over and over again. After a while, I didn't even answer them. But originally, what I started to answer, and a few times under the YouTube video in the comments, is that nobody did their homework. If you're telling me that, if you're telling me that the market's going to collapse, because of the war in Ukraine and Russia, and I'm not passing any judgment on the war. I'm not passing any judgment on anything. All I'm saying is, if you do the homework, what you'll know is that in wartime, the market rallies. Why is that? It doesn't make any difference. Just look at the numbers. Go to the charts, pick the dates when wars broke out, Go look at wars around the world. Go look at the last 30 or 40 years worth of wars. It doesn't matter. Look what happened when the war broke out. What did the market do? And go look the subsequent weeks following. So what happens is everybody watches the media, the talking heads, the pundits. They never know anything. Everybody's bearish. The sentiment is bearish because the market's going down. The market's going down because of the war, because of the Fed, because of whatever flavor of piece of news they want that day, and everybody gets scared, and they get sucked into the storyline. And then they marry the market movement with today's storyline. It's the difference between the known and the unknown. And by the way, the third leg of that stool is, the market's going to do what it's going to do anyway, and they plug in the news after the fact based on what the market's doing and how they want to spin the news. Case in point. Market's going down because interest rates are going up. And then the following day, interest rates are going up because the market's going up. And it signifies a healthy economy, and the economy can absorb higher interest rates, and yada, yada, yada. They spin the story any way they want. We've heard everything nine ways till Sunday. Nobody knows shit. Smash Mouth into its 200-day moving average, touched it, pulled back from it, doesn't mean things are bearish. It'll follow suit across the markets. It's all the same market. Now, the semis weren't really a leading indicator today, certainly not of the tech space. The Qs are up 2%, and the SMH was only up 7 tenths of 1%. So stuff inside the semi space was trading in place. A couple things had tough days. That's okay. That's normal garden variety sector rotation. And by the way, if I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.